Hey, this is Jason Stein, and welcome to another episode of the Wellness Renegades podcast. Here, we explore the crossroads of wellness entrepreneurs like you and me who are committed to making money while helping others live healthier lives. People are going against big pharma, insurance conglomerates, and the mainstream medical models. Each episode, we journey into the challenges and the breakthroughs it takes to be your own business person, pave the path through conventional medicine, and truly become a wellness renegade. Bree and Crawford, welcome, welcome. I am excited to have you today. Hi, thanks for having me. Let's tell the listeners a bit about your background, where you're from, what you do, and where you live. Okay, uh, so um, I'm born and raised in rural uh, Willamette Valley, Oregon, and I um, got a Chinese medicine education in the U.S. Uh, graduating in 2009. Um, I wasn't thrilled with the clinical experience that I had in school, and so I pursued some advanced training uh, after that and got really lucky enough to be accepted as a, um, a very close student and sort of basically a residency, uh, clinical residency um, with a very senior doctor of Chinese herbal medicine in the U.S. who was trained in China. And I spent about five and a half years at his practice uh, as an associate and then um, have since started my own practice and trained in China and um, pursued a lot of continuing education and um, focusing now on uh, practicing around um, stuff that Chinese medicine addresses very effectively that um, uh, there's kind of a hole in the conventional medical sphere for, which is a lot of complex chronic conditions like Lyme disease, fibromyalgia, uh, chronic fatigue, um, mold injury, you know, the, the microbiome and, and um, uh, addressing those uh, damp kinds of patterns as we call them in TCM. It's been great to watch your career from afar because you and I were, uh, I was teaching in the school that you graduated from. Yeah. And I remember you're a part of my community wellness renegades. And I had another client that was talking about Lyme disease and I mentioned your name and she's like, you know, Brian Crawford. Wow. <laughs> and she was really excited. So that's a sign of really you're known in the spheres of Lyme and in uh, fibromyalgia. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I hope, I hope the, uh, I hope the patients are, are happy with that. Um, <laughs> but it's nice to, to hear some recognition from colleagues. So I'm really curious because you live out, uh, like, is it an hour and a half outside of Portland? About Where that, are you? Yeah. 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 yeah I'm and, southwest of Portland. And because you're known in these spheres that are both national and internationally a challenge for Western medical providers, are you having people travel from far and wide to come see you? Yeah, uh, especially prior to COVID, I was. Um, uh, that's that did pick up again a little bit um, during the summer here, and then now you know we're expecting that to slow down for a while with the Delta variant circulating like it is. But we're um, uh, yeah, prior to COVID, we you know we had people coming here from all over the U.S. and Germany, the U.K., Singapore, uh, Australia, that kind of thing, and then um, now most of that has gone online, which uh, switching to telemedicine has. Um, has been a, um, you know, there's some things that I don't like about it, but on the whole, it's uh, pretty simple and easy. It's uh, definitely easier on my staff than coordinating the movement of as many bodies through the clinic. Um, but yeah, uh, um, yeah, people come from all over. 
And besides working with you individually as a practitioner, do you have online courses at all or do you have? Uh... I, I don't. Um, I've, I've taught some Lyme disease seminars before. Um, well, actually that's not true. I did do an online continuing education lecture on treating, uh, Lyme disease with Chinese medicine for, um, Northwest health sciences university earlier this year. Um, I don't believe it's, I mean, it was recorded, but I don't, I don't think, I don't know if they have that recording available for sale. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that was, it was like a live, you know, symposium CEU course and they, you know, like they would have had people in chairs in the past. And then this year they just did it all online, like everything else. Uh, I don't know. I, um, I don't know what we'll be doing in the future, but, um, I do enjoy teaching. Good. I hope that more of that comes because these are, when we're talking about Lyme and fibromyalgia, there's so much misinformation yeah. and, yeah. uh, there often is, uh, protocols that can even be harmful. So, I'm really grateful that you're stepping into this world. And I'm really curious, uh, first about the Lyme, like, does your kid get bit by a tick or like, how do you get started? Like Lyme's my thing. Uh, well, it was through my, my, um, my postgraduate training. Uh, so my mentor, uh, Dr. Heiner Fruhoff was, um, really well known in the Chinese medicine world for doing some research around, uh, complex chronic polymicrobial infections, which is exactly what Lyme disease is. Um, there's one signature bacteria, Borrelia, that, uh, or family of bacteria called Borrelia that kind of, uh, you, you can't have Lyme without Borrelia, but you rarely have Lyme with only Borrelia. You uh, oftentimes will get other bacterial, viral, and fungal infections that come along at the same time. And so this is very similar in some respects to um, some, uh, classical parasite ish infections that are documented in, in China. Um, and, uh, so he translated some of the old texts about that and, um, tried putting those clinical methods into practice with chronic Lyme patients and found that they are quite effective in some ways. And so, um, uh, I just got a lot of clinical experience with that when I was studying with him and have, uh, pursued that as my, my main, um, specialty in practice. Great. And so one of the reasons that I wanted to invite you on the podcast is social media, like social media is this headache for most practitioners and they dabble and often they hate it. Right. And, and hate. <laughs> like, I, I noticed this, this weird thing that happened where, you have a couple hundred people on Instagram and you have, uh, I've seen you on some YouTube video. There's some things out there and they're just, the numbers were just a little stagnant. And I went over to TikTok mm -hmm. and you have over 150,000 subscribers on TikTok. Yeah. 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 It's somewhere. It's, it's around there right now. I think. Yeah. How, how does that happen? Uh, well, like, like most funny things, it was kind of a mix of, um, accident and, and serendipity. Um, I, uh, so during COVID, um, late last year, I think in October or so TikTok, uh, you know, they make their money from selling ads, like a lot of social media platforms. And they, they did a big campaign reaching out to small businesses and, you know, they did the thing Google's done this too, where they, they send you like, here's $300 in ad credit 
try it out and see, yeah. you know, see if you get, you know, test our waters and see how it does for you. And we had developed a, a very small online store for my website where people can, mostly so that patients can easily reorder products that they are using for, you know, maintenance or for an acute cold or something like that. And, um, and I thought, well, here's this, you know, digestive aid. I'll, I'll just make a little ad for it and make it funny and see if it hits. So, uh, I, I did this one. It's a, if for the Chinese medicine people out there, it's, it's a, a remedy for food stagnation. You probably have seen some stuff like it in Chinese herb pharmacies all over the place and, um, bloating and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I had my assistant hold a bag of potato chips and kind of spill some crumbs on her stomach and, uh, and, you know, pooch at her tummy and hold this and be like, Oh, I ate the whole thing. I feel lousy. And then thanks microguard and, you know, hold this up to the camera. And we put like little stars around, you know, and this kind of thing. And it was just stupid and goofy. And, um, ultimately TikTok rejected the ad because they, uh, they said it made medical claims and they're like, you can back this up with research if you want us to reevaluate it. And I, I didn't feel like it at, the, at that point in time, but while I was doing all that and waiting for them to approve it, I downloaded the app and I started scrolling and just saw like, well, let's, let me just see. I've never looked at this. Let's see what's here. And, um, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's, they've really keyed into what, gets that constant like dopamine hit for people of like Ooh. short attention span theater. I want to and stop you for just a second and say, yeah. I downloaded the app and after an hour, I kid you not an hour, <laughs> I deleted the app. I was yeah. like, they, it's like crack. It's yeah. like Instagram on crack. Yeah. And they, they, they are, they have done such a great job with their own algorithm of profiling their users. Yeah. And so, and I, I did notice that right away where it, you know, whatever information, you know, they all the social media stuff is just, they know everything about you immediately, but it was like, well, you're a 41 year old white guy with a beard in Western Oregon. So this is what we're going to show you. And it's, it's all the stuff that you'd expect for, for my demographic. And I was like, right. well, that's cool. Maybe I can use this for my advantage. And I, I enjoy speaking. I enjoy teaching. Um, I, you know, as a hobby and in high school and college, I did some theater and I, I and improv and I like, you know, it's fun. So I, I thought I'm going to try making a couple videos, just not ads, just, just my own channel and see, you know, say the same things to TikTok that I say to 80% of my patients in practice and see if it resonates. Right. And I'll try and do it with humor and, and I'll back it up with as much science as I can find. And because I had started looking for papers for this, for the, the product ad. And so, um, I, uh, I just started throwing stuff out there and I was like, here's a simple Qigong exercise for neck pain with fibromyalgia. And all of a sudden people started being like, Hey, I tried that and it really helped. And, you know, <laughs> and then I would talk about like, here's this one plant and here's how it works against viruses. And here's, you know, and this is this kind of thing. And then I, I dove a little deeper into things like Epstein-Barr virus and some of the, the different in Lyme and like, how, how is Lyme, how, how can you diagnose Lyme disease? Because that's a, that's a big question that people that I get asked constantly is how do I know if I have Lyme? And so, you know, I just kind of take those things apart and make them into little digestible chunks and try and do snappy poppy edits. And, um, I mean, I, I, it was like 10,000 followers in a week or five. Wow. Okay. So that's my next question is like, 
when did you know it was working? And like within one week, you had 10,000 followers. Five or 10, something like that. It was, I think it was five in a week and 10 in three weeks or a month. And wow. And it's, um, it, you know, it goes in peaks and valleys and there'll be times that I put up a video and a and hundred people watch it. And then there'll once in a while, I'll put one up there that, you know, I think my top video, my best one actually got about 800,000 views and then they pulled it. it they, um, uh, but the medical claims, uh, they don't tell you. So that, <laughs> that's the annoying thing is that the, sometimes something will get pulled for violating community guidelines, but, and they'll say, here are the community guidelines, right. but they don't say specifically which one you broke. Right. And you can appeal it, and it. I don't it's think it's probably it not it. even a human. It's just an AI it software that pulls it and gives you that thing. And I so, so, did you ever do an ad? So I didn't ever do like a paid ad. Um, and uh, mostly, what I'm trying to follow is the model that I've seen work well for other social media creators and success stories, um, coaches, doctors, you know, whatever flavor of service provider you are. And uh, where it's basically 90% to 99% of your content is free, helpful advice, like just insights, information, perspective. Um, uh, it's not really advice. It's just like, here's, here's the wisdom that I've gleaned during my education and my career that may be helpful for you. And I presented it in an entertaining fashion. And then one to 5% of the time, saying like, and, you know, and, and most of it is like breathing exercises, stretches, nutrition, uh, lifestyle, um, preventative strategies, that kind of thing. And then 1% of the time it's, and also if you would like to use this, this is a helpful thing that we use in the clinic. Yeah. Um, so we, we call that the freemium edutainment, yeah. Yeah. Premium edutainment model. And, and um, you, I don't think you can, I can, I, I don't really know all the rules for TikTok because they don't really publish them and they change. And I do know that they change them quite frequently. So we, you know, uh, I don't direct people to my store or my website, even there's, if they want to go through my profile and click on the link in the bio, they can find all that. And I, and I'm not the only person on the internet who's selling these things. And I know that, you know, you can, Google around and buy it from wherever you want. And I don't pressure people into doing that. It's, yeah. it's very much, you know, here's all the info do, you know, take care of yourself. I hope it helps. And some of it ends up coming back. And most, most of the revenue that has accumulated or, or started coming back our way as a result of the TikTok has actually been from people signing up as patients. Um, uh, there's a shocking number of local people actually in my On TikTok. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, folks from, Portland, Salem, uh, Vancouver, the coast, et cetera, all kind of driving to, to my little town to um, come in as patients or, you know, um, uh, we get a few online folks that are interested uh, from around the state and that it's, it's been really good. So, so, so at 150,000 followers, do you get any ad revenue or anything from TikTok themselves? Yeah, you do. You can sign up for the, they call it the creator fund and it, it'll pay you per view. Um, they don't, they, again, they don't publish like what the rate is. And I, I believe they do change it every month. I think it depends on how many people as a whole are using the platform and what percentage of views your videos are. And um, what I've seen other creators do, who people who get to be very large followings, like once you're up above so something like 2 million or 3 million followers, that's when I've, I've seen other creators kind of quit, quote unquote, quit the day job 
and uh, and just make uh, social yeah. media content. Yeah. Um, and so I do get a, a they they pay you via PayPal, and I I do get you know somewhere between like seven and twenty one dollars a month or something That's like so that crazy. for, for That's my so views. It's uh, it's not it's not really paying the mortgage right now. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, but but it's fun, and I can imagine you're getting a handful of new clients every month from sure. the strategy yeah. because you're not just once you make the content over on TikTok, you can push that out to other social media platforms. It's very easy to reshare it to Instagram and Facebook, which I've done, and um, YouTube even has a short video platform now. I can't remember what they call it. Um, but they, they kind of, you can just upload it to your YouTube channel. And then if it's, I think if it's 60 seconds or less, it automatically goes to their short video platform. Great. And so for those that have never been on TikTok, I'm going to um, open up my screen and together let's, uh, let's watch one of your videos here. So Everybody get ready to cringe. This is called uh, fibromyalgia stage four. In stage four of our fibromyalgia protocol, we're going to address sharp and stabbing types of pain caused by chronically elevated... Okay, so yesterday's oh. video on long COVID stirred up a little controversy, and I'd like to address that. Oh. I may have been premature in saying that COVID is a virus that can reactivate. But they are up on my link tree in my profile now. The studies I've... So I guess if I hit it again, it goes to the next one. And, um, and I'm really curious now... Uh, you started talking about COVID and it doesn't matter what you say about COVID, like people are going to have contra views. So I mean, that, what actually happened? Well, okay. So with that, so um, uh, again, I'm trying to give a lot of perspective and um, education. And uh, one of the things that I am seeing a lot of in the last year as many Chinese medicine practitioners is long COVID or um, they're calling it PASC now, P-A-S-C and can't remember what the acronym stands for, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's very new. Uh, so um, uh, COVID's been, you know, when it first emerged in Wuhan, um, TCM professionals gathered and not very, you know, as they've done with epidemic, epidemics in, in China's history. And they, you know, it gets labeled with like, what, how is this presenting according to Chinese medicine, the Chinese medicine theory? And um uh, of course, it's a lot of academics gathering and arguing about things and nobody ever agrees on anything except for COVID. They did come down and say pretty much everybody agreed this is a form of dampness. So for the Chinese medicine people who are listening to your show, it's like it's, it's you know, if you've seen anybody with COVID, you know that there's just so much phlegm. There's so much phlegm and fatigue and brain fog and all these things that are pretty much always we differentiate as some kind of pathological damp invasion. And that can come with wind and heat and cold and other things. But, you know, in secondary blood stasis, as we're seeing with like the, the toes and the blood clots and all that, but it's, it's dampness. So um, uh, dampness tends to linger. Dampness can create more dampness and it can be episodic. And some people feel have with COVID have felt like they're, they're better after a week or 10 days, and then they go on for two more weeks and then they feel like they, they caught it again. And um, what I love to do kind of where, where the juice for me is with medicine right now is in um, respecting all of Chinese medical tradition and the holistic way that it views the body and as a microcosm of the world around it. And, you know, we are, we are nothing but our, a product of our community um, and putting that in the lens of uh, 
uh, biomedicine and the research that it shows on how it's able to distill out these like key points of uh, reductionist thinking that fall in line with all of this holistic view. And so it's not the two are slowly starting to integrate. And we're, we, you know, in, in China, the Chinese medicine and Western medicine are, are integrated at, at a constantly right. advancing level. And it's wonderful and beautiful. It serves patients very well. And it takes the, it takes the very broad lens of Chinese medicine and it takes, and the concepts of Chinese medicine and Western medicine is able to, to elucidate those and shed some light on some, some key findings there. Um, and most of the time, the research validates the traditional thought and, and the two do not conflict with each other at all. And so in trying to bring this information to, to the U S and to both patients, and I have a, a, a large number of medical followers uh, who are interested in Chinese medicine. Um, I'm trying to say like, Hey, this is how we view it in TCM. This is how biomedicine um, agrees with that. And uh, so with that long COVID video, um, I had found some uh, peer reviewed journal articles claiming that COVID was a reactivating virus similar to Epstein-Barr or the herpes virus family, right. um, which is something that Chinese medicine treats exceptionally well are these like chronically reactivating viruses. They are also very much syndrome differentiation wise break down into damp patterns. Um, and biomedically, we, so I'm just going to, I'm going to stop you because not all the listeners are medical providers. And so oh, okay. Okay. you shared a little bit about dampness, but I just, just basically what I hear you saying is you're talking about the integration and you have medical followers and you're talking yeah. about it in their terms so that they can understand where Chinese medicine can become an ally. Yeah. And with any subgroup, whether it's medical or whatever else, you're gonna have a sub subgroup in there that doesn't care what they you say, yeah. they're just gonna be against you. Yeah. Like they're gonna point it. out any flaws in your argument. Anything. And if they can't find any and then drive a wedge in. Yeah. yeah. And and that happened here. So so I got corrected by a virologist saying yeah. that. Uh, the research that I had cited was faulty, that based on the structure of the virus, it's physically impossible for it to reactivate. It's a different, it, it, the, the virus shape and structure is, is quite different from uh, the herpes virus family. And he basically said, and as a result of this error, right. everything else that you believe and have ever said or will ever say is wrong. You right, 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 right. Hell off social, you're like, you're dangerous, all this stuff. He also went on, he actually made a, uh, a video on his own page, really trashing me and oh. saying all kinds of incorrect things about me. Yeah, uh, making like he said I was falsifying my credentials, which is not true. Like, right? There was a trolls. A He's a troll. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, anyway, I issued a retraction. Like, and and I'm and I said, you know, I said in that video that you started to play. I'm here to learn. Like, I'm here to, for, to support my patients, and I and I want to give good advice and good evidence, and I want it to be I want it to be of great service to the people who are suffering, and I want it to have scientific validity. And I'm a clinician. I know how this works in the clinic. I know what I see my patients present with. Right. Not a virologist. Right. And and I was actually thrilled to learn that. The that so the like the studies that I cited had a control for uh, reinfection or persistent infection, um, and so that's why they summed it up as saying this has to be reactivating. But the virologist said that is physically impossible. I think it was peer reviewed though. It was peer reviewed. So it was peer reviewed. Any, so 
Did any Western medical providers come to your defense? No. Yeah. So it's such an interesting world because what you're what you're sharing with me, correct me if I'm wrong. You are an integrative medicine practitioner with a background in Chinese medicine and a mentor that has translated texts from Chinese medicine and really finding uh, systems that work where Western medicine has not been great at. Yeah, yeah, it's <clears throat> filling a gap. Western medicine's great at a great many things, but it doesn't have the the it doesn't have the bird's eye view that is required to treat some of these more complex and chronic conditions very effectively. You've also been um, invited in by Western communities to give lectures and give continuing ed. Yes. And so it's interesting to me, two things. One is TikTok, you said the word COVID and you were talking about medical studies that TikTok didn't pull that video. <laughs> they, no. they pull the video of chips on the belly, but right. not this one. So that's the first thing that I find interesting. The it's second thing, for sure, yeah. The second thing is, um, how do you suit up? Because the listeners are growing their social media channels and they mm -hmm. often get attacked. How mm -hmm. do you navigate that? Because if you continue down this road, you're going to get bigger from 150 to 250 and plus, and they're yeah. going to be more haters. How, how do you deal with that? Mostly I ignore them. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, uh, it, my MO with that is, you know, if I make a gross mistake, I'm going to, I'm going to own that and I'm going to correct it. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, but if people are just coming after me because they don't understand me, um, or they don't understand the paradigm that I come from, that's on them. And, um, you know, if they're trying to tear me down simply because they don't agree with me, I, they don't have any power there. Um, if TikTok decides to take me down or if another social media platform decides to take me down because they don't understand or they don't get it, that's the risk that I take being on, you know, uh, a social media platform like that. Um, and I, I know people, people have fallen in that, but my, what I hope will be, will save me from that is having high ethical standards. So for example, uh, Mercola, you know, pulled all his stuff off the right. internet right. a week or two ago, um, which I thought was great because, I mean, I remember when I was at the school where you taught at in 2008, 2009, so many of the, that was when he was starting to get really big on the internet. Right. And uh, so many of the faculty, uh, the the both the biomedical faculty and the Chinese medicine faculty, if they, they when they were familiar with his stuff, they were like, "This guy is dangerous. He is hurting people." And it's like, you know, he's got such a broad scope that of what he does and talks about. That yes, there are going to be some people who, like a probiotic helps them or vitamin C helps them, but. Um, far and away, he's spreading dangerous misinformation. He's playing on people's fears to make a profit. And uh, ultimately, that's hurting people. That's hurting, it's hurting people in the natural medicine worlds, and it's hurting patients. Um, and, and it's, it's instilling, you know, we, we all live in this post-truth era where social media has way too much power, and it's way too easy to spread falsehoods around. And we're seeing that in many different worlds from medicine to science to politics, et cetera. And that it, it's, it's important to me personally to be part of the solution, not right. part of the problem. So right. I'm just going to say what's true or what I know to be, be, be correct and be helpful to people. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to 
take that back and retract it. And if I, um, and if somebody just wants me to be wrong, but, but, but I'm not, we just have to wait and see. I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll make a distinction because it is, it is important to note. Dr. McCullough is doctor of osteopathy. He, he, he said some things in your mind have been inaccurate or, or even dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing the virologist that attacked you feels the same way about you. And it's just this interesting world. It, it, he probably does. They probably, I don't know his, their gender. They probably do. And they, they um, uh, it's, it's why I'm glad to see people like Mercola getting out of this realm because they're bringing the rest of us, they're making the rest of us look bad. Like this is why, you know, Chinese medicine people are always lamenting the fact, like, it's like, we wish we had better representation in the medical world in the United States. We wish we could have more hospital jobs. We know we could help people. And it's like, well, look at the people in our own field who are saying the wrong thing and bringing the shooting ourselves in the foot as a profession, spreading misinformation. It's like, you know, they're, I know you have a broad listener base, and so I don't want to offend a lot of your people, but there there are a lot of Chinese medicine people who are not practicing Chinese medicine, who are uh, practicing quite unethically and and saying a lot of bad things. And it, I I'm I I don't want them in. I don't want to be associated with them anymore. Yeah. I, I appreciate what you're saying because you know you're a part of my community, which is wellness renegades, and. It's one thing to be a renegade and it's another thing to do harm rather than do no harm. Yeah. And, and so I appreciate what you're saying and I appreciate your own commitment because I think that you are being visible and you're taking a stand and you're even taking a stand where, you know, someone might want to come after you and, and you're doing it in an ethical way. And so yeah. I really commend you on TikTok. It's like, 150,000 followers aren't coming just for the humor because I find your videos humorous. They're coming for the education and you found a way to educate people um, for them to take a step in their own life. And I, right. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's, I mean, like I said, it's short attention span theater. So <laughs> the way, I mean, that's, that was the name of a comedy sketch show from the nineties, I think. And I, it's, it's, I, I, I was like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what this is. It's a, um, the, the best ways that I know to connect with people are through um, humor and emotional gravity. And sometimes people call that pain point or something, but it's like, you know, what, what's going to make them pay attention. It's like humor uh, emotional gravity and, and evidence. And unfortunately evidence is largely boring. And so (laughs) if you you have 60 seconds, 15 to 60 seconds to connect with somebody and get your message across, uh, you know, I open with, with a joke or something like that. And then they're like, Oh, maybe, maybe we can sneak in a little bit of good, helpful information here too. I know very few people that are making people laugh and then, uh, uh, citing peer review literature. So I just appreciate what you're doing and, and you're doing a great job. I am curious for the listeners that want to come find you. How do you find someone on TikTok? <laughs> TikTok will help you. Uh, <laughs> they got that, that, like I said, they got that algorithm pretty well dialed in. Um, like, oh, they are you asking how people can find me? Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. It's just uh, Crawford underscore wellness is my uh, my handle. And um, there's like a picture of an oak tree. And, and I, for, for the, the listeners, is your TikTok channel on your website? You know, I don't know that it is. Yeah, I think it, it is. 
I'm pretty sure there's, I'm pretty sure it got linked there. Um, I, I asked my web guy to do it a few months ago. I don't know if he followed through on that or not. <laughs> and if I, if I knew anyone with Lyme or, or fibromyalgia, I would definitely send them your way because you're, you are a bit of a, a science wonk as well. You want to understand both sides of the conversation. And so where do people find you? Where's your website at? Website is just uh, Crawford-Wellness.com. Great. Well, Brian, I love your passion. I love what you're doing. And uh, for the listeners, take a moment. If you like this, whether you're on iTunes or podcast or Spotify or wherever you find us, go ahead and take a moment to like and subscribe. I'm Jason Stein with Wellness Renegades. And Brian, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Jason.